Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Innovation Crush. It's me, Chris Denson, uh, your gracious host. Oh, thank you for that. Apl- oh. Well, it wasn't quite an applause, but the woot, yeah. the woot is important. Um, it's my first woot of 2020. Hey. So, thank you. Heidi in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi in the house. That sounds like a, a good TV show, like a sitcom. Oh, mm. We're in development Especially now. given the fact that you kind of entered into a family that is a well-known one. You're like, oh, this can be your perspective entering the Roddenberry legacy family. Yeah. Um, you know what I like about you already? Oh, tell me. Is that you drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, mm, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> so you even have two <laughs> vessels of full of it, water. I do. Caffeinated and hydrating. Oh, you, you were, so you, had a, you have a phone, tablet, <laughs> coffee, water. All right, you're highly prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess for starters, just give me the the one hundred and one on Heidi Rodberry. Who are? How do you define yourself when you're at a at a at a dinner party? Ah, okay, okay, that could have gone a lot of different. It, ways. Yeah, it could have, it, but, but right. So we got to funnel down. it down. A dinner party where I am not known. Right. Got it. So I introduce myself. I am Heidi Roddenberry. I seek out innovative solutions towards universal thriving. Ooh. Right. What does yeah. that mean? I like that it has like a, a little ellipses <laughs> on it. So you're like, tell me more. <laughs> um, people are like, what? So uh, more specifically, president of the Roddenberry Foundation. Yes. Um, which is a lot of things. Um, I, I guess for uh, for starters, kind of walk us through the vision of the Roddenberry Foundation. and. Yes, right. So for those of you who are not familiar with the name Roddenberry, we are the Star Trek family. So at the the very basic, we are a family foundation. And heading it doesn't necessarily mean much because we almost do everything by consensus. So Mm. we're we're really tight. We're really close. We have a a four-person board. We have four staff. Amazing. And together... We have really looked at the landscape of charitable giving. And to be fair, we also, we started in 2011. And so we've learned and matured over the years. Um, to do a quick tangent where we started, we came out very idealistic and um, inexperienced, I would say, yeah. but very, very optimistic. And we thought, okay, we're going to give a bunch of money, really large donations, and we're going to fix all these problems. And we fell into the almost what I would call the fallacy of the the single solution, the the yeah. one thing that the can magic fix. bullet, yeah, right. exactly, this magic bullet that will fix everything. And we kind of backed ourselves into a corner because we put this definition of innovative solutions to cha- to to solve global problems, but we were willing to do million dollar grants, and we wanted the the sort of um, on edge solutions mm. that didn't have any track records. Right. And so we found ourselves sitting here going, well, I don't know if we want to give that much money to an organization that doesn't have any success rates. And so we found ourselves in research, which is fantastic sure. to a certain degree, but we're also impatient philanthropists. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're like, let's get this done now, yeah, please. So, so the, the, the one legacy that still stands within that, our original thinking is that we have a stem cell center for biology. Oh, wow. So, so that's our long-term solution for health from within. We're hoping we can heal the body by, by changing stem cells. 
Um, so then going back to how we look at the world, what we figured out, the way that we've crafted the foundation is we look at the state of the world, figure out what we want to address and how we are uniquely positioned to add to those solutions. Mm. Um, we're not the largest. We kind of figured out quickly we don't have enough money. Yep. Yet what it really comes to is, is figuring out how to have more collaboration and we also believe that transparency is really important in this. Yes. And so the way that we've crafted the foundation is, is we've, we've flipped the model of charitable giving because the evidence shows that charitable giving is broken. Absolutely. Yeah. In, in the U.S., we've given away billions of dollars and the same problems persist. And so we kind of looked at this and said, well, how can we keep operating as a traditional foundation? Because mm -hmm. it's just like we're banging our heads against the wall. So what we've chosen to do is we're actually crowdsourcing solutions and using prize philanthropy. So it's sort of doing two things. One, it's, um, it's operating in a different way than the norm because we, we don't think the norm is really doing much. And part of our brand is about diversity and inclusion. Yeah. We really hold that we can accomplish more together. And that to have, um, we need to have a diverse set putting these solutions together or else we're missing, we're completely missing part of the idea yeah. because we don't have enough representation. So our effort of um, crowdsourcing is essentially democratizing innovation. Because another assumption that we hold is that innovation is really held in this privileged ivory tower. And so thereby we're not getting the best solutions because everybody's not a part of it. Yeah, that's one of those things I believe is, is just like, it, it, I want to democratize the the whole idea of innovation, right? It's not just for the people who have the means or the resources or because a lot of times the best innovation comes from lack, right? You don't have enough time, you don't have enough money, you, you, the problem's growing exponentially, and you have to do something now. <laughs> or like you said, you're, you're impatient uh, part of it. A couple of things I think about immediately, uh, A, was from your website, was think, question, and challenge the status quo, mm -hmm. um, which is a, a qu in quotation marks, a Gene Roddenberry quote. But then also, like, just from an innovation perspective, it's like literally to go boldly where no man has gone before. Um, and that's what gives us these unforeseen, you know, um, solutions to, to these kind of macro problems. How do you keep your, how do you keep that in mind? You know, those, those two sort of pillars of thinking, um, as you do, I mean, for the past nine, 10 years, um, and, and wanting to solve these problems, how do you keep that at the core of what you do? Uh, Meaning specifically on the, the yeah, just on, yeah, on the innovation side, like l really looking for, cause there's a lot of there's a lot of baby step solutions that are out there and you're like, okay, cool. We put a bandaid on it. But then there's also like, let's get way ahead of it and, and kind of like reverse our steps back to, yeah. to something. No, it's a, it's a really good question. Cause that was, again, one of the things uh, in our evolution that we realized is that bandaid solutions aren't going to get us anywhere. Right. That's enabling the problems to continue. Um, a lot, the, a lot of the, the major issues that we're looking globally at are, are, they're they're complex yeah. and there's a lot of variables within it. Um, I so so we have. I feel like I'll, I'll it'll be good to kind of share yeah, all the programs that we're working on. The, the three buckets of 
Yes. Joy. Yeah, of joy. <laughs> Three buckets of joy. <laughs> of bliss making. Um, so, so they operate with an incredible staff that we've got going on. And then I go out and I'm currently working at state levels and looking at, because I feel like the way that we're going to actually move the needle anywhere is with public-private partnerships. We need to start really merging these lines and bringing philanthropic dollars. I think we also need the... The, the industry, right, where we need to get mm -hmm. business that also is going to bring it. So maybe um, the philanthropic dollars sort of start this. We need the government to come in to support it. And then together we can have so, real systems being changed. So so that's that's a part of what I personally go out and do when Absolutely. I'm seeking. Um, what we decided at the foundation is we have three different levels, essentially. We, we start with what we call the Catalyst Fund, and that is – Anyone that has an interesting idea, and we've kind of gone from global almost to local because we're letting people around the world give us their ideas of what's going to improve their living in their communities. And that's an, that's an important piece, too, because, when you know, again, I see things like tuberculosis or, you know, these very seemingly micro things where it doesn't feel like a mass grand change scale, but you start like hyper local. And I think the ripple effect is kind of like the important, like a catalyst, if you will, just yeah, like you said. Yeah, right. That's what we're hoping. And we also seek out anything that that we think can be scaled, right? Because maybe it's with the same idea that just because you're born in an island in the middle of the ocean doesn't mean that you don't have a clever idea. Absolutely. Or something. And so if you come to us and, and you match our criteria, um, we'll give you a chance, right? We'll give you a chance with that seed funding to kind of test your idea out. And then we look at ways as to whether or not we we will continue to support that or whether or not the marketplace can come in and help. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of interesting because we almost op operate like venture philanthropists. It's just that when we come in with money, we're not necessarily looking for a return. Yet we do. I mean, our return is defined differently, I should I should say. Right, right. And but we also hope that because every idea needs to be sustainable. Right. Like every charity that exists should be operating under the assumption that they're trying to get themselves out of business. And so that, yeah. that actually brings us back to where charitable giving is broken, right? We have this whole model set up where as funders, we tend to come in and we define what, want, what we want done, which sometimes, or I would dare say often, takes charities off of their core competency. Because what do charities do, right? They're, they're like, I'll dance. Yeah. Uh, you know, we need, we need the funding. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you need me to yeah. do. I'm, yeah. I'm there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then generally it's given in short time cycles, right? So they get a year of funding. So what happens halfway through the year? Ah, we need to dance again. Right. And so they completely shift. They're already off core competency, but now they're going into fundraising. So then they just become development machines. And I'm not saying they're at fault or that we're at fault, but the whole system is just really built around scarcity and there's a power inequity within it. Yeah. And and it's so fragmented. And and yeah, I think more philanthropists need to look at where they're putting their money and and we need to change this. Yeah. When you think about the origin story, right? Going back to 2011, what what was the biggest lesson you had to learn? Because it sounds like a lot of the thinking you just said, it kind of comes from experience. Like, okay, mm. this is not working. This is working. But, but what were, you know, what were some of those assumptions you had? And, and I guess really what's changed, you know, in that span of time, whether it's technology or whether it's just your sort of philosophical approach to the business? 
Yeah, I would probably say both. Um, like I said, we really kind of came onto the scene and, and sort of looked at the, the state of the world and we're like, what? What? How long has Bill Gates trying to reinvent this toilet? Oh my gosh, I mean, yes. I mean, no offense. Love you, Bill. And I um, love toilets. So and, Yeah, wait, well, we all need yeah, them. Yeah. They're really fun. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they haven't been innovated on in a long time. Right. And sanitation is a huge issue. And so we went into all it. We were like, okay, well, we'll fix this. Yet we held that same... Uh, I, think, I think we started really tech-focused. I think we really coming from the family that we are we were like yep we're just gonna build the most amazing toilet like we were like we're gonna do it we called it the super pooper and so we did actually yep (laughs) (laughs) i'd buy that toilet where where, is it available on amazon (laughs) not yet um we found well and we also we like what we call trifectas like anything that we can fund that has multiple Um, effects from it. And so we found a researcher at the uh, J. Craig Venture Institute who was doing a microbial fuel cell. And so these microbes would eat any organic material and they would expel water and energy. And so we were like, well, that sounds like a super pooper if we've ever heard of one. (laughs) And, And our goal was to get to remote locations where they don't have access to sanitation. And then the more that we dug into this, the more we found out that that actually also affects safety for women. There's, um, I mean, of course, health effects to all of this. Right. There's this, this whole, and not to mention, even in the U.S., we're a disaster. All the piping oh, yeah. in the U.S. is from like the turn of the century. The city of Los Angeles alone, we've had some conversations with the city and it's like sanitation is one of their biggest initiatives. Yeah, which no. you're like, oh, I guess that makes sense. It's, you know, homelessness is, we've got all these issues, but then at the top of the list is, is sanitation, which is, is pretty. Right. And, and politicians don't really want to touch that because it just, it's going to cost a lot of money yeah. and who's going to ride on the, the super pooper platform. So <laughs> true. Hmm. <laughs> but Manhattan has yeah. uh, a large... all new bathroom selfies. That's what I. That's what I say. Yeah. So so anyway, so we we kind of started down this path where we we're like we're going to build the perfect thing, and then started to learn the, which I think I think it's an interesting thing from from humanity, right? We're all different people. We all have we, we come from different places, different backgrounds, different cultures, and there isn't just a a one size fits all right. solution. And so. Um, just to, to close the loop sure. on the super pooper, um, that researcher actually spun out a company out of it. So so she's working on larger scale sanitation uh, solutions, which is pretty exciting because yeah. instead of going from each toilet turning into an energy and water center, she's looking at huge um, sewers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sewer, like waste water management treatment. Right. So, so there's there's some hope. Yeah. Well, it's even it was thinking of uh, like that idea of catalyzing, right? It's like the the one assumption you made actually led to a greater discovery. Mm. Um, and but I think you also have to be open to being able to see that and recognize it. Um, where did that for, sticking with that example? Where did the recognition of the possibility come from in that process? Um, let's see. I would say a good part of so we're if I dare say, are young, we're young philanthropists. <laughs> I see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you no, if you allow that. Written all over your face. <laughs> wow. I just made myself sound really old. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. yeah. See, I, I, I started, doing, I started doing away with the disclaimers. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, I'm all, it's like, no, if I, if I make the joke, I'm automatically put myself in the category. So, yeah, so I'm going to do a shout out to Nexus, the, um, the young philanthropists. There you go. Yeah, yeah. There. Change makers. I'm part of them. Okay. They, I'm, yeah. in. I'm one of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but we, when we, when we first started the foundation, Rod and I were living in San Diego and we, we got, um, all kinds of invitations to all these different, um, philanthropic events. And we, we, we actually saw that we were half the age of everybody else and, and everyone seemed to be going through the motions and like yeah. doing like whatever their cause was. They just kept doing that. And we were, and we just, it's within us is the best that I can say is that we're not satisfied with just writing a check to our alma mater right. and being done with it. Um, a lot of it comes from from Gene and how he inspired us, right? Yeah. I mean, there is there is um, audio of him saying, you know, we're just we're just children, right? And man, when we grow up, wow, look at <laughs> who we're gonna be. Yeah. And we're kind of like, wow, we need to grow up. I mean, like, look at how we have irresponsibly been living, yeah. right? We have been uh, really poor shepherds of this planet. And I'll say when we started the foundation, a lot of the space community was like, yeah, Roddenberries are in, they're going to get some money for space. And one of the first events I went to was so depressing because the the person that was speaking was kind of saying like, like Earth is... Is we need correct. to move. Yeah. yeah, we need to get out. Yeah, and 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 Rod and I are like, we're not we're not ready to give up on Earth. Yeah, and so everything that we look at, uh, we're systems thinkers, and we look at it. I mean, I guess like is the geekiest thing I can tell you is that we look at the universe and we're like, mm, we like the biology of Earth, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> and we want to keep that, and so we we look at at everything. I mean, we started uh, really basic. We wanted to get water for everyone. We wanted to help with um, sanitation and food systems and does, it, does, does, does that ever become daunting because you know it's one thing it's like <laughs> all right we're a cancer research facility right, right. but That's when i look at what the roddenberry foundation is it i mean there's no cat specific category of cause it's right. everything <laughs> and that can be you know a great opportunity but also can be like emotionally taxing yeah yeah, yeah it, it definitely helps to be naturally as a, an optimist, right. Of seeing all the, cause I, I feel like I have the, the best job in the world. I get to wake up every day and think how, how can I help others? How yeah. can I get to universal thriving? Um, the way that I would say that we've, we've grown is, is, is recognizing that one innovation in, in like some huge techno, I mean, besides the replicator or something pretty, right. pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty like anyways, Besides that, we it, we can do more if we can get into localized areas and and help those people. And then while constantly analyzing whether or not any of those solutions can be scaled, yeah. Because then we, because I I feel like it's ridiculous how often we're reinventing the wheel. Oh my gosh! Like yes, and that's why that's one of the things I admire because you're you're empowering the people who are already working on it. You don't need to build a new program to fight X Y Z. It's more you're supporting the people who are already doing the work. Um, I have a feeling that you've become an expert in the art of rejection. Ah. Because, <laughs> right, for, for everything you do, there's probably like 100 requests that have yeah. been made. So, That's like, why staff is great. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, just tell them no. I'll be back after lunch. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, so what's interesting is y yes and no, right? We're, we're sort of like, we'll look at anything 
yet then we're we're really uh, specific on the way that one can receive funding with us for what they're doing. You know, it, it has to be it has to be done with um, kind of like a different mindset, if you will. If it's being done the way it's being done elsewhere or done similarly already, that's, that's not going to do it. Like we're, we're looking for a new way to approach it, the way that, right, it can be catalyzed, um, the way that it affects an entire community where it's not just like this individual thing. You know, if, if there's elements that are like, you know, teach the teacher or if there's, if there's, right. you know what I mean? Like, like the more that it affects the entire community, the more that we're down with supporting that. And then, and I guess to be fair, this is all sort of living in the catalyst world. We then use prize philanthropy when we want to direct innovation in a specific area. And so the last prize that we ran was climate related. Yep. We really want it. So we put a million dollars towards climate. And then we used the uh, Project Drawdown um, research. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, a little Somewhat. bit. Yeah. So Project Drawdown was a couple hundred climate scientists that really analyzed the earth as a solution. Or I mean, as the, I guess the, I don't want to call it the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you can call it what it is. Uh, yeah, but it's the opportunity. Let's yeah, tell, thank let's tell you. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, God, that, that just made me sad. Just slight flip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. And so, and they, they ranked it. They ranked it. Like, what are the top 100 solutions, top 10 solutions on how we're going to uh, help so that climate with the, um, the carbon, the parts per million, doesn't just keep, like, skyrocketing. And within the top five or six solutions, there were two that were really surprising because it wasn't just a technical solution. So I read the, this and I love it. So oh, please, okay. no, continue because I, I got I, th th this was the most exciting part for me. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Because I appreciate it because you probably have, right, you've, you're like the innovation man. So you're like, ooh, what's the innovation? Yeah, yeah. No, I was like, this, I, like I love this like weird entry point that you found. I was like, huh, that was very yeah. much unexpected. Yeah. So for, for us, that is, um, I would say some of the evidence of, of how we've matured and how we're, we're looking at new solutions. So, so in, in, so everybody check out project drawdown, the, um, the first two solutions are technical. It's wind turbines and refrigeration management reversed. Sorry. Um, the third and fourth solution are food related, reducing food waste and, um, a plant rich diet. Right. And we, we were like, wow, so if we change everybody, if we if we motivate everybody to eat more plants, it actually has such a significant effect that it can help the planet. Yep. So I wanted to go on that just for the the sound bite that I could get in front of as many people, just be like, <laughs> just eat your plants, yeah. just have your salads. Come on, we can do this. But then after that, there's uh, tropical rainforests are vitally important, and then after that, it was girls, right? Educating girls, and then family planning. And so then I also love that message, right? Girls are going to save the world. Yeah, yeah. That's even more powerful, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So just have a salad and support the girls. But, you know, like, and we're good. Simple solutions. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so when I, what I love about that is there are philanthropists that focus just on those things. Yeah. And now they're getting the trifecta because by, by the more girls that you're supporting, the, the more. And, and just to, to f explain that, it's girls in developing nations, if they don't have access to education, that's where we're running into the problem. So right. if you give a girl a chance to choose to stay in school versus getting married, she will opt to stay in school often longer 
which then gets her earning a better wage because she gets further in her, her career. Then she gets married, has fewer children. And what's amazing is the science has proven that women give back to their community. <laughs> and so the whole community raises, rises up with, with those women. So, so what we did is we wrapped the two together in the prize and we said, all right, million dollars to climate. Tell us how you're going to innovate food systems and tell us how you're going to help educating girls in developing nations. And I think a lot of people went, like, huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> and so we're, we're kind of, we kind of like doing that. We kind of like throwing things in there and seeing what happens. And so then the whole charitable world was like, oh, oh, get all the, get all the, um, all the girls and all the, the food people, like get over to that climate change area because yeah. they're giving money away. And so, so we got, so, so what's beautiful is one of the prize winners is out of Uganda and they're teaching girls who are already out of school, which on a quick, um, quick tangent, sure. another reason that girls are also out of school is that they don't have access to sanitation. And so that can be really stigmatizing and they, they don't always go back to school once they've missed so much. Right. So in Uganda, there's this, um, group, I'll, I'll remember their name in a minute. They, um, they're helping girls that are out of school. They're teaching them passion fruit farming. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so they're giving them financial literacy. They're yeah. giving them actual working skills. And then they are getting their own farms afterwards. Well, what I love about that example is that innovation isn't always synonymous with technology, right? It's it's just finding a an interesting data point that's going to actually move the needle. Yes. And that was something that we had to warm up to. Yeah. Because especially if, if if it's not on brand for the Roddenberry Foundation, right? Like um, to like, oh, we're just doing education. And I don't mean to oversimplify that, but it's, you know, it's it's not the sexy like innovation thing that people think of when they first go, ooh, cool. We're going to solve a big global issue. Yeah. You know, totally, totally. So we're um, we're keen on on redefining what innovation is yeah. and and what philanthropy is. And so, and to be fair, we're also, we're, we're trying this out. We're trying things out differently. We're also um, big on analyzing everything that we do, iterating, we're publishing what we can that we think is useful. We, we realize with the prize, even, even for the Catalyst Grant as well, um, if you're counting the number of applicants as a positive thing, it's, you know, that number is not necessarily a good number because we don't, we're not sitting here trying to do a new system that is wasting other people's time. Right. You know, because applications, grant applications can be so tedious and... Well, so that's, I mean, that's where I was getting to the rejection part of it, right? Mm. Is because, all right, 500 people apply to this and they all, you know, 250 of them have really great solutions, yeah. but you're going to pick one. Yeah. Um, uh, how do you deal with that both from a business standpoint as well as just a personal and emotional connection standpoint? Well, I, I, I feel personally, I, I'm pretty clear on exactly what we're looking for. And I, I know when I see it right. and, and I feel like I can communicate that well to whomever. I mean, it's true. It's true. So sometimes at parties, I say, I work with charities. <laughs> <laughs> you like, moonwalk away from them. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because <laughs> people, that one, they're like, oh, okay, whatever. But if I say that I fund charities, then all of a sudden everybody's yeah. like, oh, well, then you should give me money. Yeah. Let me talk to you it's over like, here for well, a second. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's always 
fun. Uh, but but I feel um, it's it's I'm I'm good with boundaries. Yeah, Chris, and yeah. so. <laughs> I can explain what we do. And then, and often I will also say, you're welcome to apply to the Catalyst Grant or yeah, go to the prize. One of the things that we do is we also look for people smarter than us. And so we have a beautiful relationship with our judges. We bring in judges to help us that know the topic. Like, you know, we're not experts on food systems or girls' education in developing nations. And so whenever we do prizes, we we go and seek out people out who are working on these issues. And we've had some really amazing people join our cause and they help us um, go through and analyze who who the right people are. Because I think that's another problem with charitable giving is I think that funders... Uh, whether or not they even think about it. I don't even think they're looking beyond the familiar, right? Like it's, you know, like you said, those those events you would get invited to and it's just like those individuals that you were half half their age, they've probably been doing this for, you know, 30, 40 years and it's just like a, you know, wash, rinse and repeat um, kind of solution. And yes, you make incremental differences, but to do what you're doing it takes it requires a whole different like vantage point. Yeah, and we're 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 humbly trying to recognize, right? I mean, we we know we're not situational experts. So, in yeah. fact, we're actually crafting a new sort of um advisory board where we're realizing just across the board whatever comes our way, we would love to have people from different sectors that can be kind of yeah. our like that we can like have them at least say it passes muster before we we go further into Well speaking it. of which uh you and I are going to be sharing a, a stage again yes. in, a, in a, a couple a few weeks. And then people get to see how young we are. <laughs> exactly. I, I won't let my hair grow out like this. <laughs> people see how old I am. <laughs> that looks like George Jefferson. Um <laughs> No, so I mean we, so the Epic Summit is coming up in Santa Barbara, which is probably one of my favorite uh L- Southern California cities. Yeah. Um I always take the train down. So mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, I get to see the ocean that diminishes. Um and <laughs> but no, I, I, you're gonna be we'll be surrounded by a bunch of really smart people in yes. a bunch of different categories. I'm curious as to when you get called to, you know, to be on a stage somewhere. What what are you talking about? What like what do people gravitate toward when you step off stage. Like, I love what you said about, and, and also cut me a check. Oh, well, Chris, they, <laughs> they love everything that I say. Oh, yeah, you're like hanging on to every word. <laughs> you had um, me at hello. Well, well, the uh, the one thing that we haven't quite covered yet, because we talked about the Catalyst Fund, about our prize. Sure. We also launched a fellowship. And so this is another, so this I think is really where we're, we're affecting social innovation. We... This was curious, right? Because when you think about the Roddenberry family and we decided to have fellows, it was like we were all, it was really fun to start brainstorming on like, what would a Roddenberry fellow be like? At the time, the um, there was uh, a change in the, uh, how do I say it? The White House had a change, right? And we saw that the government was starting to pull funding out of a lot of programs in the US. Right. And so part of what the fellowship motivated in us was it was our first domestic focused program because everything else we do is global. And we felt that philanthropic dollars needed to come into the States to kind of pick up where the government was sort of pulling away from. But we're the Roddenberries and we're not just going to do things the way that it's done before. So we decided to fund activism. (laughs) 
And so we uh, found 20 amazing people who were in the areas that the government was not funding anymore. So there was environmental justice and equality and civil reform. Smart. And, and then we said to those people, you know, go, go out and do your thing, um, uncover the truth and get the, the message out there and we'll support you. And we had no idea. Apparently not many philanthropists support this kind of work. And so it was apparently a real um, breath of fresh air for these activists who are just scrambling all the time trying yeah. to figure out how to pull it together. We brought in um, the the two people that started Black Lives Matter and Occupy Wall Street. They'd never been in the same place together. What? Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, uh, well, here. Yeah. And, and so we've, um, we've built a fellowship where we convene them and we've, we've asked them, we've changed it over the years as well. We've asked them like what they need besides just getting money for the year. Cause apparently that just helps them. Right. Just knowing that they can cover all their expenses helps. And then, um, the first year we did a lot of media support cause we realized they didn't necessarily have packages, um, like video yeah. videos and resources. Like it's, you know, it, the money is one thing, but the reason like people and being, being in the right rooms like yeah. that's. Far, can sometimes be more powerful than a dollar, right? It's just like connecting with the right person or the right entity. Exactly. Yeah. So we brought in storytellers to help them. Um, we give them video packages. And, and then interestingly, each year that we've done this, um, they've become more and more sophisticated. So all of a sudden, they already have their, their video packages and they already, and so now they're like, okay, how do we get funding? How do we, right. how do we start to parlay this? One of the things that we learned is not being the, the largest of the foundations. We have learned that a unique thing about us is that when our name is attached to a charity or a person that's doing the work, they, it seems to attract new funders. And so these fellows, when they walk into places and say, well, I'm a Roddenberry fellow, all of a sudden people go, oh, oh, okay, wait, what do you do? <laughs> so it's kind of a cool added, Badge of honor, yeah. Yeah, well, it's a badge of honor, but also it's helping to Speaking catalyze. Speaking of which, thanks for the swag. So. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. I'll explain that later. You <laughs> You're have to You'll see the photo. Yeah, put a picture on <laughs> <laughs> I love alienating my audience. Um, well, <laughs> so that, that is great. Like, so is that uh, kind of just going back to the Epic Summit? Is that sort of oh. the message there? Yeah, I mean, to kind of get more support or in in any of these sorts of events where you're like kind of more public facing. Like, what's what's the goal there for you? I, um, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. I really <laughs> hope to inspire everyone, really, to to look at their lives and to, and to do better. Yeah. Right. Cause we have it within our means to be those, that those good shepherds to the planet. It yeah. means like, make your, make your choices. Look at what you're buying. Look at what your money. I mean, this is a big one. What, what does where your money go? What story does that tell about what you're supporting? Yeah. As a philanthropist, it's one of the first things that we did is we looked at our endowment because what's happened in a lot of foundations is the financial people just are like, you know, we'll, we'll take care of this. You, like you go do your charitable thing. But what some people don't realize is, well, this is my joke. I'm giving you my joke already for on stage. Now here we go. All right. Like, is anyone good with math? Because 95 is bigger than five. And all that we have to do at a foundation is give away 5% of our endowment. Hmm. So your 95% is invested. And 
if you're, let's say you're a green group, right? You want, you're putting all your 5% into saving the planet, but your 95% is in gas and oil. Yeah. Who's going to win, right? It's a hilarious joke, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, bum, bum, bum. I think that, so, I mean, myself, um, I receive messages sometimes like that and I go like, now I feel shitty because I, because I, <laughs> so how do you deliver that without making people feel bad? And I'll give you one kind of funny example, uh, probably not as funny as your joke, but, um, <laughs> like when I go to the bathroom, when my friends and stuff come over, I'm like, I don't flush the toilet. Right. Mm. I flush number two, but I don't flush uh, number Look one. And, uh, and it's like, that's a little, like we do have to get my little pooper. penny, you know, yeah. is goes in the bucket. And so, but when I hear the things that you guys are tackling, I'm like, um, what am I doing? And yeah. it's, so there's a, there's a chasm. Ooh, I don't, I've never used that word on the show. Hey. 200 plus episodes, never said the word chasm, but, um, but between like what I hear needs to be done and what I feel like I'm able to do. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. And, and I would say, right. It's as simple as eating more plants, right? Like that's something we all can do. That's also going to be good for your heart yes. and your yeah. body. So from the financial side of things, what I would say is that anyone that has access to their their money, which everybody should have access. Anyways, um, <laughs> anyway, go check your bank account. <laughs> but at foundations, right? The first thing we did is we we talked to our financial advisors and we're like, look, this ninety five percent needs to work towards our mission because you can invest in things that have a return that are doing good for the planet. Right. So first of all, you can overhaul everything, and if your financial manager says that they can't, fire them. Like yeah. find someone that can. Like that's that's crap. Um, as people, um, as you sow is a wonderful charity out there that works with shareholder advocacy and they work with these big companies. Like they helped, um, I think Starbucks and McDonald's like to get away from styrofoam. They, so they, they work with them to say like, Hey, we want you to be aligned with your, cause they've got corporate social responsibility yeah. goals as well. So this, this charity kind of helps identify. And then they also get you know, like 51% of the shareholder votes. So they also have a little, mm-hmm, they get, they get mm-hmm, the meetings mm-hmm. is what I can say. <laughs> um, but one thing that, that they are helping support is the 401ks that are out there. So that's really where most people can go and say like, Hey, I want to know where my 401k money right. is. That's my money. And I don't want it. I want it in socially responsible, you know, ESG, like environmentally yeah. social. So, so you can do that. That takes a little more effort, right? Cause you've got to go and say, but I think in your, in your daily life, avoid disposable stuff, right? Yeah. Use glass, <laughs> use your reusable bottles. Yeah. Um, it's funny how much we, we don't know how much those little things make a difference. And I can see like your input at some place like the Epic Summit, like just going like, Oh, okay. Like I don't, I don't feel crappy because, mm. <laughs> because I know I can like my little bit helps. And we hear that all the time. Like it's very cliche, right. but it, it's true. Right. Uh, well, I mean, it, there, there's a, an entire research study published on if you eat more vegetables, it can save the planet. I mean, yeah. it's bonkers. So if you're going to do anything, just have your meatless Monday at the very least. I was going to say, cause steak is delicious. So I got okay. to find a balance there. No, it was funny. I'm actually in the middle of a 21 day fast and I'm like, um, I, I no, nothing with eyeballs and, uh, and no bread. So I'm starving. Oh, okay. So um, you're, you're, you're angry. <laughs> yeah, I'm starving and I'm angry. <laughs> Can you solve that problem for me? Uh, <laughs> um, we'll feed you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. 
So, um, no, you, you have this interesting background, like you come from sales and marketing, which doesn't seem to add up, right? Like, um, and even working in media for a second, what, what were some like early skill sets that you, that you learned that you kind of are able to apply to your day to day to kind of give you your, your daily superpower, if you will? Well, I would maintain that sales is a skill that supports all endeavors in Very life. True. I mean, you're, yeah. if you think about it, you're you're selling every time you're trying to get anybody to agree. Your with LinkedIn you page on. is a is a sales call, right? No, not yours, but like a person's. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like it's how you're advertising yourself because you want someone to give right. you money for something, right? right? Like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was um, that that's just a, a useful skill anywhere, yeah. all around. What's interesting about you pointing that out is. Um, what I was doing is I was working with Fortune 100 companies to increase predictable sales revenue. So what that means is we demystified the sales process and actually was able to help sales teams or really sales management really identify which were viable right. accounts in the pipeline so that they could, especially for public companies, right? Because they, they need to get pretty good about how they predict yeah. their revenue. Um, how shall I say this? I so I've I've been in big companies and I was really surprised to see sort of a similar mess like in entrepreneurial areas like it was just it was like wow yeah. <laughs> like wherever we're a lot go, more like than we are yeah. different like it, it's, whether you're a solopreneur <laughs> or you're like a fortune 50 company you're like oh all right I got the yeah, same they issue just, they just have so much going on that they almost can't tell yeah. what's going on <laughs> but but really I, I I would say it almost um almost aligned, yeah, it pretty much aligned with my, my spiritual growth as well, where I finally, it was defined, my, the definition in my family was to, to work hard and succeed. And, and then that's, that's happiness. And I found myself young during the internet boom days making, you know, six figures. I was driving my BMW and, and I, and I wasn't happy. Yeah. And it finally dawned on me. I didn't know why I was helping the, the top companies in the world to make more money. And so that started my, my personal, like I, I made a concerted effort to move into charities and it, it wasn't smooth. They, they kind of <laughs> looked at me and they were like, mm. I'm looking at your resume here. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> Yeah. I was an efficiency expert. I was right. worried about processes and they were kind of like, oh. But then I did find um, a small charity in San Diego that was like, you know what, we're going to try development. Like, let's see what you can do for development. And of course, I brought in all these corporate things. Yeah. So I was still. How did that feel? Because I, I find that when you give somebody a chance to finally spread their wings and and they've obviously developed some skill for it, um, like the whole world opens up in a different yeah, way. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, exactly right. I was given a chance. and And it's so interesting, right, to look at. You know, I was working with with HP and IBM, like these huge companies, and to kind of be like, I'm now going to save charities, and the charities yeah. are like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> like it just it felt. It felt like, well, what do you mean? Like the, the personal what? brand story you have to tell, <laughs> and especially to go back to an HP and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing now, or you know, yeah. and how people associate you can right. also like. Uh, it, it can be the gift and the curse. Right, right exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like how you define it. Yeah. So it, yeah, I appreciate you pointing that out because it was, it, it was, um, I'm very grateful because that, 
that gave me the chance. And then I learned firsthand what a small charity looks like when you run it. And I worked closely with the executive director. And then, then that's when my relationship with Rod started. And then, um, a few years into that, that was the opportunity when we could start the foundation. And now look at you. And yeah, and that was right. And so it's so it's funny because yeah, I I do people kind of receive me and they're like, what? Because the the way that I think is still in a, a business mindset. Yeah. And so well, it's also like, and then you get to you get to craft that story, which I think also becomes kind of fun. Like you know, I started off doing stand up, then I was a comedy writer, then I worked in marketing, then I worked in innovation, then I started hosting the shit. Like it's just like I've had, and I kind of enjoy the game of like, yeah, you kind of don't know the hundred percent me, and it and that becomes kind of a fun exercise if you allow it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, can you define the word legacy in your terms? Oh. Um, especially given your That's a good question. Yeah. Legacy. Uh, I mean, the way that we look at it, see, what's fascinating is we never got specific directives from Gene. So what's interesting for us is legacy. It's this beautiful thing where we look at Gene's body of work, his actual, everything that he did, and then we take on what we define as the Roddenberry philosophy. And so so legacy for me is, is looking at our past of, and how to honor that while we head into the future. And, and I, I, f- I feel so blessed with the, what we have, cause it's this incredible, this incredibly inspiring future available to us. Right. Mm. I mean, that's, that's all of what the Roddenberry philosophy and what was shown in Star Trek is that there is a better future that we can get there together. Yeah. And so that's, that's really the, the foundation of what we operate from. And carrying on the legacy, uh, your six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Just learned his first gang set numbers. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, tell, no, tell us this, this, uh, that was an interesting story. He learned his uh, live long and prosper uh, salute. How, yes. how did that go? Yes, he. Um, so Zale, my sweet six year old, he uh, for a few years when he was young couldn't really do the the you know Spock's live long and prosper sign, and he was a bit frustrated by that um but it's really he already feels the responsibility i guess so (laughs) i guess so because he really worked on it and now boy can he can he throw that sign (laughs) so yes he's uh, you also spent some time at the Singularity Institute and you've been yes. like, one of their emerging technology programs. Um, what was that like? Uh, you might be one of the first people I've spoken to that's go- actually gone through one of their uh, certification programs. Oh, I love it. Um, huge. Um, Peter Diamandis is a friend, huge fan. We supported the XPRIZE. For- they did a Tricorder XPRIZE. Uh, uh, ish. Few, yeah. yeah. Ish, so yeah. Um, Qualcomm really right. are the ones that bankrolled the Tricorder XPRIZE because, again, we're the smaller sized. Uh, we give away about four to five million a year. So we're a small, medium sized um, foundation. But we, we were like, we should really be part of the tricorder somehow. So towards the end of the prize, we gave them, I don't know how much it was, 3 million, uh, whatever. But um, we did like an accelerator where the idea was once that tricorder prize is won, it's going to get to market faster because we really wanted to to help as many people as we could as fast as we could. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, Singularity, it was fantastic. They... Um, they really do help. They find really incredible people that are thinking about things, 
like near future and beyond. And then they come and bring in uh, all these experts to get you to start thinking about how, uh, like one example, I think I'm ahead of you though, right? Cause you're, you're going to, you're going to ask me about my innovation. Can I, you, no, you my, do. my crush, this is, this is your show. My I'm, oh, I'm just, I'm, thanks, I'm, in, I'm in the audience. Welcome. <laughs> um, Heidi in the house. <laughs> On a very special episode. Yeah, really, really. So Chris, tell me about your... No, okay, okay. So the, so my, my innovation crush is this idea of automated aerial vehicles, which kind of sound you know, like, what? We're just going to have things like Jetson flying around? But if you really look at innovating the entire transportation sector, imagine mm -hmm. if you didn't need to have your own car sit in the free on the freeway for hours commuting and finding a parking place right imagine if whenever you needed to go wherever you needed to go you were able to you know reserve your spot or call or whatever and have this this pod show up it gets you where you need to go mm -hmm. everybody gets to work when they need to get to work then they go get the kids get all the kids into school whenever they do then then seniors and then whatever grocery shop like whatever all yeah. the different levels yeah all of a sudden all these roadways wouldn't be pa parking lots do you know how much land is dedicated just to parking lots especially in la yeah so that kind of thinking is is what singularity university and peter has helped it's it's like looking at something just in its immediacy might you might not really get it but once you kind of put it into a system you can see this new world that we can live in. It's like a, it's like a what if and how. Yeah. Because I, I think usually we either do one or the other, mm. right? It's, it's it's a what if. It's like oh, we can imagine all day. Yes. The how is the and then putting it in like a very tangible perspective kind of helps move the needle. Yeah. So And uh, you don't find that uh, you know a lot outside of the singularity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if, yeah. I mean, it's not as abundant, right? Like, right. but to be surrounded by other people who do think that way, I feel like it's almost like you get a little bit of injection from your peers. Cause mm -hmm. like the one, one of the big things that's coming out of this show is like the innovation journey is a lonely one, mm -hmm. right? Because you see an opportunity in the world and like you're shepherding and you're trying to like rally the, you know, the troops around it, but, um, but you're kind of on your own. Then when you get around people who are having a similar right emotional journey around the, yeah. the, the idea um, is kind of a, a refueling of sorts. Yes, yes, I love it. Uh, so as we wind out, because uh, uh, I'm kind of getting into the softer side of the process, um, I was wondering if you guys teach any of the soft skills to any of the entrepreneurs that you support. You know, it's one thing that like fun, here's the business, but also whether it's operational or like the emotional grit that it takes mm -hmm. to shepherd a vision through. Um, do you get into that part of it at all? Uh, uh, the fellows are probably the ones mm. that we get the closest to. Yeah. Um, Catalyst and Prize, they're sort of like once you get the the grant, usually it goes straight out. Um, the fellows have been, it's been really beautiful because we've really analyzed with input what they need. And so a part of that, particularly with the, with activism, what you just said really applies to them. Like they can feel isolated and that they're the only ones standing up and they're getting beaten down. Yeah. And so especially so, in the era of social media. 
Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. every other comment is like, come on, uh, do you, get a, you, you know, that's not what I meant or what I was trying to do or that's not. The, why don't you understand? So sorry. I just. Uh, right. Especially on my own tangent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially with all the bots operating. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. So, yeah. So we do. We're supporting them um, the most. And I, but I appreciate you saying that because I, I think it is something that can probably be developed further for, for everyone that yeah. that is involved uh, while you're helping so many other organizations and individuals, what do you need? Like, you know, mm. on your, what are you seeking out on a, on a daily basis? Like, man, I wish, or, or my, my goal, my vision is, is really systems change. Right. So I'm really looking for state level, uh, other philanthropists. Like I'm, I'm looking for people who, who this message resonates with and are, are saying like, Hey, we want to do something bigger and better because I want to build a coalition so that we can actually get some of these changes done. And, and some of the systems that really need to be innovated are really controlled by, by government, right? Yeah. Energy and transportation. And so I, it's never where I thought I would be, but now I'm, I'm starting to explore government and state level. Cause so, so that's, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people who want to, to have that, this vision, this shared vision with me where we can implement change for, um, regenerative conservation, I would say like yeah. all these, like, like get everything into a circular economy, right? We need to change manufacturing. We need to change energy, transportation, sanitation. I mean, like, how does it feel to know so much? <laughs> you know, cause it's, it's, I mean, I, like I consider myself, like, uh, I know a lot, I know a, a little about a lot of things. Mm. Um, and I think mm. all the things that you've mentioned from aerial cars, which I think you should combine the super pooper with the aerial <laughs> and do aerial toilets. <laughs> Just a, just a thought. Stores. If you want to fund that, let me know. Um, I'll write it up this eat, afternoon. Eat Mexican, jump in there, <laughs> yeah, there energize your car. Oh. Uh, see, I got off on my own tangent now. I don't remember my question. <laughs> um, but no, like just in terms of acquiring so much information and knowing when to apply it and when to connect dots and filtering, like this doesn't belong here, but it, we, what if we put it over here? Like, how do you manage all the things that you know? Ooh, that's, a, that's a big one. <laughs> I don't know, Chris. I don't know. That's, uh, I mean, the, the beautiful thing is that we have an amazing, uh, we're an amazing group together. Yeah. And, and what's remarkable is we really are aligned in, like one of the, uh, our board members said it the best way. It's like, we, we might not necessarily be able to define what it is, but we, we know what it is when it is, or we know when it's not. So, but we're, we're all, um, it's not just me. Like I, right. I'm a sponge. I take Sure. up everything. And I, I just, I constantly go out around the world and, and, and getting more input so that we can figure this all out. And then that informs what I share with the board. And then when we analyze all the grants and then the prize winners and, and the fellows with, with our advisors, it all kind of comes together. So it's a lot of, um, a lot of discussion. Yeah. We have, we have amazing people that are part of this foundation and that's what, what makes it all happen. Yeah. I think, I think collaboration, you, which is where you started talking like earlier in the conversation, but it kind of starts internally. It just starts like collaborating with the people who are in the same building as you. Yeah. yeah. Um, complete this phrase for me. Ooh. Innovation to me is. Exciting. Ooh. <laughs> Exciting and new. and new. Come on board. That's a love boat. Um, <laughs> no, but it is, it is exciting. It like, is. What? It is. To, to, right. To me, it's, uh, it's 
it's coming up with new ways that are going to get us to new places. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I love it. I think it's necessary. I think it's, uh, yeah. I mean, exciting kind of encapsulates it for me because that will get us to a new place. Flyingtoilet.com. <laughs> All right. so, We're in. Uh, where can people go to find out more information? Uh, by the way, um, from a scheduling perspective, you had the most baller time conflict I've ever received <laughs> in scheduling an interview. Uh, the email was like, oh, Heidi's in the North Pole. So um, we, <laughs> uh, it's hard to text. I was like, how's she texting from the North Pole anyway? Uh <laughs> Was that was that your charitable work? Or was that just was that fun? Were you going to see Santa Claus for your six year old? Like what? Yeah. Or a little bit of all of the we above. We went to see Santa Claus. Nice. How's he doing? Um, he's tired. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a few but, months off. Yeah, but he's doing very well. Nice. Yes. Very Lapland, cool. Finland has done a beautiful job. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So back into yes, like where sorry. do we find? Pardon? Where do we find? Oh, oh, sorry, yeah. Yes. More. No. Where do Rodden, we? Yeah. Where do we go? Roddenberryfoundation.org. Two D's. Yes. Two R's. Yes, very good. Yeah. Oh. I, I made the error. It was my oh. fault. <gasps> yeah. It was just a, you know, what? It was just a, good, a quick, good, I type fast, you know, I have a, I have a weak pinky. Um, Google will autofill it for you. Like, you're, it's okay. Exactly. <laughs> And if you guys do want to see uh, Heidi or me, I guess, yes. um, uh, this was it spring. Um, March, yes. yes, exactly. Visit the Epic Summit uh, website, social LinkedIn, wherever you want to go to, to find us. And um, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Did you have a good time? I did. All right. Wonderful. Me too. We got to go eat now. huh? It, that's true. <laughs> All plants. <laughs> All right, everyone. Live All right. Long and prosper. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you soon.